0: Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. It's a really creative name, and today I want to talk to you about when they're being difficult, when they're being difficult. Um, And so I think today is going to be super helpful. Whether you are married or whether you aren't, this is going to be super, super, super applicable. And the simple truth of relationships and people is this. There are going to be moments when people are being difficult. There are going to be moments in your marriage where your spouse is being Difficult. There's going to be moments being a parent that your kids are being difficult. It's called mid high. Um, There are going to be moments when your parents are being difficult, when your in laws are being difficult, when your friends, when your when your workplace relationships and who you work with and who you work for and who works for you when they are being difficult. And how do you and I respond when they are being? Difficult when they are being just annoying, right? And um, as I was talking to my wife about this sermon, um, we both agreed that she could tell me how I'm difficult, but it was going to be really good for our marriage if I didn't tell her how she was being difficult. So um, I said, "When when do I get angry? When do I become? uh, What what kind of sets me off?" And you're like, "Man, what what is getting into you?" And there was two big things that she didn't have to think about. Um, She's just like this and this. Um, Do you need more? I'm like, "That's plenty, babe." and so, the first one is cars being dirty. Um, my, my car, my truck is always clean, um, the inside if not the outside. Um, my wife's is the polar opposite of it, um, our kids stopped riding around in her car for years, and it still looks like kids ride around in her car. I swear there's still goldfish in there. Um, um, I feel like there's juice cups still in there. And so every time I get into her car, I have learned this. I've learned. I'm not doing it real well right now, um, but I've learned to just keep my mouth shut And because I'm totally judging. I'm, just, I'm a judgy Justin. The moment I get in her car, I'm like, mm mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'm just like trying not to touch it. And it's not disgusting, it's not gross. She's like, don't make me sound gross. Um, but I'm just like, clean your car. Um, and it just, it makes me grumpy. It makes me cranky. It makes me difficult, right, in that moment. The second thing is this. We have an upstairs room at our house that I enjoy watching movies in, right? Um, we've got a bigger TV there. We've got a couch. And anytime our girls have a sleepover there, I go up there and it is completely trashed. Right? Like when I had sleepovers, I had to clean everything up. That's what my parents told me. And I'm like, Casey, we're doing an injustice to our daughters, right? Like by not making them clean this stuff up. And I walk in and there's bottles of water everywhere, there's food everywhere. And for some reason, there, there's this fun game that they decide to put the remote where only a bloodhound or a trained CSI team can find it. I'm like, what are, what are we, where's the, where's the remote, right? And that's the set-off point. I'm like, I'm done. You can put the remote on the table. It's easy, right? I'm getting hot right now, just talking about it. Getting angry. My daughter's probably going, okay, I gotta find the remote and put it up, right? Um, I, I'm, why, why? Because I get impatient. Why does something that doesn't matter make you so cranky? I don't know, but it sure does. And I have my areas, and here's what I know about you. You have your areas too. We all have moments where we're the one being difficult, where we're the one being cranky, where we're the one being impatient. And the other reality is we all have moments where we've got to deal with people who are being difficult, who are being moody, who are being impatient, who are being cranky because in any relationship, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be different difficult times. And hear me, that's not just in marriage. That is with your kids. That is with, man, your parents. That is with your friends. That's in any sort of workplace environment that you and I are going to encounter and have to deal with difficult people. So what do we do when they are being Difficult, it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, one of my least favorite verses in the Bible. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Everybody say everyone, everyone. <laughs> everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. I don't like this verse. I wish this verse wasn't in the Bible, but it is. And it's an application for us. And, and here's what I want to do, here's what some of us want to do in this place, but Justin, you don't understand how difficult they're being, right? You don't understand how, how complicated it is. And, and here's what I want you to know today. Today, it's not about how mean they're being. Today, it's not about how annoying they're being. It's not about how cranky, how moody, how difficult they're being. But here's what I want you to understand about you your response is your responsibility. When it comes to dealing with difficult people, your response is your responsibility. Here's, here's what we wanna do. We wanna be a blame shifter instead of re, a responsibility taker, right? We wanna shift the blame. Well, they're just being injustice and you don't understand and you don't know how long and we want to shift blame instead of take responsibility because our default is to blame others, especially our spouses, well, the only reason I'm responding to them is because they, the only reason I said that to them is because they, and parents, we do this when it comes to our kids. Well, I, I acted and I lost my temper because they, and we become a blame shifter when we're dealing with difficult people. And what I want us to understand today is it's not about them this morning, it's about you. And your response as a follower of Christ and what Paul is telling Timothy is your responsibility. Are you being difficult are, are you being patient with difficult people? Because what's happening for most of us is we're being difficult with difficult people. People get cranky with us, oh, so I'm gonna get cranky right back. You're not gonna talk to me that way, right? I just walked in the door and you're gonna blow me up, at least give me 10 seconds, right? Like, like some of us, when we come, we're like, oh, we meet fire with fire. And Paul would say this, no, love everyone and be patient with difficult people, especially when those difficult people are the ones you know the most. Because our tendency is to be the least patient with them. But here's what we have to understand when it comes to reading the Bible. How you respond isn't about them, it's on you. Right. If we're going to take ownership of our relationship with Jesus Christ and of our relationships, and we're going to make the most of our relationships, everybody's going to have a bad day. Everybody's going to have bad moments. Everybody's going to have th- moments that make them cranky. They're going to have buttons. And when those buttons get pushed, how you respond, when they're being cranky, when they're being mean, when they're being temperamental, how you respond, is your, uh, your response is your responsibility. How you respond is on you, I remember um, I, I knew a pastor who pastored in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He doesn't pastor here anymore. Him and his wife fought like cats and dogs. And like not just behind closed doors of their house, like they did it in the church lobby, and they would start fights, and it was a very traditional church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, had the choir, had Sunday school, all that stuff. And they would have such, like, they would have screaming matches in the lobby where church members had to get between them. Like, and I'm not just talking every once in a while, it's like going to a hockey game, going to their church, you just wanted to see the fight break out, right? That's the only reason people went there, I'm pretty sure, like, there's going to be a fight, let's go, right? And one Sunday night, one of my buddies was telling me this when he was a youth pastor there. They had service, they went to a Mexican food restaurant, and sure enough, blow up happens. Boom, they're going at it, they're angry, they're throwing chips at one another, you know, throwing tortillas across the place, yelling on the verge of cussing. They walk out, church people get between them, like, calm down, calm down, you guys look like fools. They go out, and this guy, this pastor, pastor, right, this pastor, goes and gets his car to pick up his wife, and when he's going to pick up his wife, he tries to run her over with his car. I'm talking. Tries to run her over. He's driving a Lincoln, right? Those Lincoln Town Cars. Like, tries to roll it in. Like, you ain't sneaking in in anything with that Lincoln Town Car. That thing's huge, right? Tries to roll her over. And like, if Casey did this, you would be like, "What took her so long?" Like, it's about time. Like, yeah, you should totally run Justin over, right? Right. But but what happened is that he refused to take responsibility for his response. And Jesus said this in John 13, verse 34 through 35. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Don't miss that part. Just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Can I tell you, couples, your love for one another shows to the rest of the world, to your kids, that you're his disciples. How we're loving our friends proves. Not what you say, not that you went to church, not because you checked in on Facebook this morning. No, 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 how you're loving your friends, how you're loving your coworkers, even when they're difficult, even when, let's say, even when they're annoying, how you're loving one another Proves to the world that you're his disciples. And you're not just called to love like you're capable of loving, you're called to love like he's commanded you to love them. Right? You're called to love like he's commanded you to love your friends, to love your parents, to love your kids, heck, to even love your in-laws. And some of us, man, we're struggling with that, and we're like, well, okay, fine. I'll, I'll love him, right? And that's your attitude. I'll love him. I guess I'll love him. And it's not loving him like you want to love him. The Bible tells us what love actually is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7, it says, love is patient. There's that dumb word again. And kind. We could just focus on those two, but Paul keeps going. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way, even during the holidays. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. This is how you and I are called to love one another. This is how you and I are called to love people when they're being difficult. This is how we're called to love people when they're being annoyed, annoying. This is how we're called to love people even when the situations are difficult, to love one another as Christ has loved you and me. Well, Justin, they don't deserve it and neither did you or me. They don't deserve for me to love them that way and we don't deserve for Jesus to love us the way he did, but he did it anyways. And hear me, your response is your responsibility. So our love, man, with difficult people, looks like this. It has patience. It has kindness. It has admiration. It's full of humility, and it's full of selflessness. It's pleasant to be around, and it's pleasant to others, even when they're difficult. It loses counts of wrongs endured, which means it forgives It never gives up. It never stops being, believing. It stays positive no matter the situation. And this is how you and I are called to love one another. Not just the easy people, but the difficult people. And here's what happens. Most of the time we're like, okay, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) This is my day. This is my moment. I'm I'm going to do it. And then we fall flat on our face. Right? Right? We're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna do it. And somebody... And this service is going to cut in front of you in the taco stand in just a second, and you're going to want. You, I was standing here. You're not. You're going to be wanting to count the line. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. Blah 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 blah. And you're doing right. Some parents going to get excited, and they're going to bring their kids right in front of the petting zoo or the horse rides, and you will be like, "Bro, do you not see the line back here?" Right you to have to be patient with difficult people. And we fall flat on our face right when we decide that we're going to be loving like Jesus loved us and how the Bible instructs us in 1 Corinthians 13. And why? Why? Why do we always fail at this? Why do we always, man, seem to fall flat on our face when it comes to loving one another? Here's why. Because when you get disconnected, you become ineffective. When you get disconnected, you become Ineffective, Jesus said this in John 15. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. We get that backwards so many times. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much Fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Repeat that part again. For apart from me, you and me, and everyone here and everyone watching online, you can do nothing. Let me come out and just say it instead of trying to build this point up. You can't be the husband or the wife God has called you to be apart from remaining in him. And don't we try. I do this all the time. I'm just gonna be the best husband I can be. No, 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 you're not called to be the best husband you can be, you're called to be the best husband God has called you to be, and the only way you do that is by staying connected. Because the moment you become disconnected from him, you become ineffective when it comes to your relationships in your life your friendships keep falling apart, guess what? Something bigger is happening than you just constantly being around difficult people. You've stopped remaining in him and your relationships aren't effective because you're not connected and when you're not connected, you can't be effective. But if that is true, then the opposite is true. The more I stay connected, the more effective I am. Right, The more effective you and I become, because it's not about you, it's about his power running in and through you. I can't love like God has called me to love Casey, to love my kids, to love this church, to love my friends, to love our staff. If I am not connected and I am not remaining in him. The other day, Chloe asked me to come upstairs um, to the room that I get cranky about. And she's like, Dad, nothing's working up here. And I'm like, what are you, (laughs) great, right? Like, that's instantly where I'm like, great. They broke my TV, right? I'm like, we just put a new Apple TV up there. Why is this not working? And I get up there, and after about five minutes, I find the remote, no, Chloe had the remote. Um, And I'm like, I'm up there, and I'm like trying to push stuff on, right? And I, I go to the TV, I'm like, you just didn't push the buttons right, right? And so she knows how to push buttons, but don't we do that? Well, maybe you didn't push the button right. And so I push the button like this, And nothing. And so what do you do when it doesn't work the first time and you push the button? You push the button harder, right? You're like, "Mm," trying to find that sweet spot, right? And the TV's only like two years old. The Apple TV is brand new. And so I do what we do next. So I start banging the remote. Nothing, right? I I do this. I'm like, like, like it's a Nintendo cartridge back in the day. All you kids in the 80s know what I'm talking about, right? And I, I'm like, okay, that, that had to do the trick because that always works. I, throw, I can't even put that back on. Um, and so I'm hitting it. I start taking a battery out, putting it back in. Nothing, nothing. So I do the next logical thing. I start checking and making sure everything's plugged in. And I look at the wires, I'm like, man, that's connected, that's connected, that's connected. What is going on? I flip the breaker bar, right, that it's plugged in, kind of the surge protector. I'm clicking on and off, on and off. Man, I don't know what's going on. And then it hits me, go check the breaker box in the garage. And I go down, and I look, and I'm like, sure enough, we had a breaker that flipped. I turn it back on, I go back up, push the button, boom, everything powers back up. Simple, easy. I'm like, Chloe, your dad fixed it. I'm a rock star, right? Like, I'm like... (laughs) done. If you need any more help, any advice in life, you just come ask "Dear o Dad because I got it, right? And here it is. It all, everything was plugged in correctly. Everything had the potential to work. Everything looked good, but there was a problem. It got disconnected from the power source. And can I tell you, that's what some of our lives look like. Man, there's a difference between looking good and being good. Right There's a difference between everything looking fine and everything actually being fine. And we do what I do all the time. We're just pushing buttons harder. If I just just try harder, if I just tweak some things, if I remove some things, if I put some things in, then maybe this will work and that won't work because you got removed from what gives your life power and influence and effectiveness in the first place. Because when you get disconnected, you become ineffective. But his promise is this, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. And your life will produce much fruit. Because apart from me, you can't do it. Apart from him, my relationships are going to fall apart. And some of you, that's where you're at. You've tried everything in your marriage, and today you're exhausted. Because you've been trying to do it all on your own. You've been trying to be smart enough, present enough. All those things are great things. But if there's not a power that is bigger than you, and bigger than your spouse, that you're drawing from, you can't do it. You can't do it. Because there's gonna be difficult times, there's gonna be trying moments, there's gonna be arguments. And if you're not staying connected to the vine in those moments, you're gonna be ineffective in those moments and you won't be responsible for your response. You will keep shifting blame and things will become more and more dysfunctional. And that is true when it comes to the relationships we have with our kids. Grown, grown kids, that's gonna be true when it comes to your aging parents. It's gonna be true when it comes to the people you work for and it's gonna be true when it comes to your friendships. So the question is this, how do we remain in him? There's two things. How do we stay effective by remaining in him? The first thing is this, time. Time, we take time to remain in him. Remain in me. When Jesus is saying this, it means this. It means to stay, to reside, or continue to exist. Acts 17, 17, 28 says, in him we live and move and have our being. Right, so, so when it comes to spending time with the Lord and remaining and continuing to exist in him, this isn't a quick trip moment that, that the Bible's talking about, right? Where you go to quick trip and it's in and out as fast as you can go. I love quick trip, I think it's phenomenal. I love going to quick trip because they live up to what their name is. You're getting in and out and it is a quick trip. Way to go, quick trip, right? But we're talking, this is more like your home. That's a place you come daily. It's a place you continually reside and you exist and you find your purpose and you find your influence and you find your comfort and you find your power in his presence. That you aren't just popping in and popping out. But you're continuing to get into the word. That's the Bible. Man, you know what I wish we would do as followers of Christ? I wish we would treat our Bible like we do our cell phones. Any moment we have that's kind of a lull, what do we do? We pull up Facebook, we pull up Instagram, we pull up Snapchat, we pull up whatever social media, we pull up whatever game, and we're entertaining ourselves. We can be in the middle of conversations and we pull out our phone and we're texting and we're doing all this stuff. And what if, what if we treated our Bible like we treat our cell phones for the month of November? What kind of transformation would happen? Because you're constantly abiding in your cell phone. You're constantly existing in your cell phone. What would happen if you continue to exist in his word? Man, in him, as followers of Christ, we live and move and have our being. Spend time praying Spend time listening to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. How do we abide? How do we continually exist? We take time out of our schedule, out of our lives to stay plugged into what truly matters. And the other thing is this, we obey. We obey. It's not just enough to know it. You got to do it. It's not just enough to know what the Word of God says. You've got to apply what the Word of God says. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. I'm closing with this, so, so we're coming to an end. Some of you are like, wow, you're going fast. we got Friends Day. I hear people say all the time, well, what's the benefit of obe- obeying the Bible? Right? It, it kind of seems like it just keeps me from fun, that it just keeps me from doing what I want. And I don't see the the big benefit of obeying Jesus and obeying the word of God. And can I tell you, obedience, the, the, the payoff of obedience is you're not paying the price of disobedience. Because what I have learned is there is an either or. Either there is a payoff for your actions or there is a price tag to your actions. And there's one or the other. And either you are reaping a payoff because you've been obey, obedient to his word and his ways and the way that Jesus and the Bible has instructed us to live, or we're paying the price of not. We're paying the price of trying to do it our own way, thinking we're smart enough, doing what we want, and we've unplugged ourselves from the power source, from the vine, from him. And he says this, apart from me, I man, you can't do this. Your friendships are not gonna be powerful and effective and meaning if you're staying unplugged from me. It, it, your, your relationship and your marriage isn't gonna make it through the difficult moments and the trying moments if you're not grafted in and you aren't continually existing in me. And Jesus said this, at the very end, John fifteen five. Yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce, check this word out, much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this word much in the Greek comes from a word called polin, which not only means much, but I love this, but also means great. Not just much, but great. And I think if we were to be honest, I don't want to just have a lot of marriages. I want to have one great one. Right? I don't want to have a lot of kids, I'm done. I want to have two great ones, right? I I, I value quality a lot more than quantity. And that's what Jesus is saying. You're not just going to live all these lives. You're not going to have all these. You're going to have one great life that's producing great fruit. If, if you remain, you exist and you stay in me because apart from him you can do nothing let's pray today lord we love you and we thank you and lord i pray today that our mind our heart our soul would just get snapped back into the place that it needs to be because some of us we've drifted from this truth Lord, our relationships are dysfunctional everywhere we go. And the reason is, is because we haven't taken responsibility for our response. We keep blaming others. We keep shifting things around saying, no, no, it's not my fault, it's them, and this is just too difficult, and they're too annoying, and it's, it's just complicated. But Lord, I pray that we would understand when we grow up, and we become fully devoted followers of you, you instruct us to be patient with difficult people. And so I pray today for us that are, man, our patience is really, really small. I pray that it would grow. And Lord, that's really hard because the only way patience grows is when you need patience. Lord, let us learn and let us be willing to be patient with difficult people and let us own our response because our response is our responsibility. And Lord, we will never get to that point if we don't continue to abide and reside in you because when we get unplugged from you, we become ineffective. And so Lord, I pray that we would understand our life has all the potential just like that upstairs room. Oh, it's got all the potential to look good and to do good and to be everything that it was created to do But it's gotta be plugged into the power. It's got to remain plugged into the power. Otherwise, nothing's gonna work and everything's gonna be off. And some of us, that's the description of our life. Nothing seems to be working. Nothing seems to be going right. And it's because we've stopped remaining. We've stopped abiding in you. But your promise is if we abide in you, we will bear much, we will bear great fruit from our lives. So Lord, don't let us just be hearers today. Let us be doers and let us continue to find our purpose, our existence by abiding in you, remaining in you, continuing to exist in